you know, and it and has done what is not unique in this community. Uh, he has lifted as he's climbed. He was, if anybody was like, Hey, I need a, I need a tech person on my team. I don't know anything about tech. Marcus, can you help me uh, see if, if this person's chops uh, are a good fit? Right. And, and um, you know, he, he, you know, uh, he's done very well. Right. And, and he's still very involved um, and he's mentoring companies. We, we just did a, a big pitch competition with USAA in Austin a couple of weeks ago. And Marcus was there kind of just sharing his story. And he's like, you know, I was literally flipping burgers at, at Whataburger. Uh, and he's like, now Whataburger is one of my largest uh, corporate customers. All right, Blake Hogan, welcome to Millennial Manhood. I feel like this was one hell of a journey we went through yeah, to finally, <laughs> finally get to recording. Babies and Wi-Fi and you name it. And yeah, everything under the sun. I, I, I'm pretty sure we like initially discussed this like in January. So uh, it's May. Um, <laughs> welcome for uh, for folks who know who you are. You they don't you don't need an intro, but for the folks who don't know who you are, Blake Hogan, ten thousand foot view. Why are you on? You know, why are you on a podcast with a guy whose name you can't pronounce? All that good stuff. Yeah. Well, look, I'm gonna by the end of this time, I'm gonna be able to pronounce it. Uh, and uh, my, I think um, so. I am just thrilled to like have, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to connect with leaders. Um, you know, my background, I grew up in Minnesota, uh, finally grew up my hockey hair here, uh, during the mm. pandemic, um, went to university of Minnesota, spent four years as officer of the Marine Corps, uh, pretty at a very unorthodox and, and quite lame, uh, career in the Marines and busted up my hip and foot and spent four years in Washington, DC. And, and that set me on a path to figure out, how I could continue to serve uh, while I took the uniform off. I got connected to Todd Connor, who founded the bunker in Chicago in 2014. Uh, and Todd suckered me in and he said, Hey, we're going to launch the next greatest generation. Are you in or are you out? Um, and like mm -hmm. any good Marine, I immediately said yes. And I asked zero clarifying questions. Um, and then he, he was like, great, we're going to launch a nonprofit. And I was like, that's a terrible idea. Like I grew up poor. I don't want to be poor. I thought we were, we were <laughs> trying to help help us grow our businesses. He's like, yeah, 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 we are. Um, you know, and now it's, it's, um, you know, we operate in, in 40 cities around the country. Uh, we have 40 full-time staff. We're, we're going to, um, you know, on June 1st of this year, we'll, um, we'll do what's called our showcase of 400 entrepreneurs, uh, in 23 cities live on one night. We'll, we'll get on the stage and tell their stories to business leaders across this country. And, um, you know, just a couple of days ago, we onboarded the country's largest uh, uh, fellowship program for uh, people that are, are ecosystem builders and building entrepreneurial networks across the country. So we we kicked off a 12 month uh, fellowship with 93 leaders uh, from across mm. those 40 cities that will uh, will do that. And it's just like you know, at the end of the day, I um, you know I was given a lot because uh, I lived in this country and it, it didn't didn't you know didn't matter that uh, we weren't born with a lot. Um, and you know I. Um, I was grateful for that and wanted to serve the Marines and thought I was going to lead Marines in battle. And then, you know, the next day you're, you're signing people's, you know, orders to go, you know, go to schools and ultimately go fight this thing. So, um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I get to serve in this way. That's awesome. I love, I mean, I love the, the mission. I love the creativity. I love, I love the fact that you're, you and I are very similar. I never served in the military, definitely not the Marines, but I'm kind of same way. It's like, no clarifying questions. It's like, oh, that sounds awesome. Let's go. We'll figure yeah, out the rest of it. it. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll build, build a plane as we as we you know as we're flying. I'm pretty sure I had like five podcast guests lined up before I ever even like bought a mic. So yeah, yeah. You're what just do you gonna, mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, just yeah, do we'll it. Figure it out. Whatever. Yep. Um, okay. Um, so, so, so again, for folks <clears throat> listening, Bunker Labs, you're the CEO. Um, basically the mission is, and you, and you kind of clarified that helping veterans, you know, build businesses, incubate, et cetera, like get the resources, mm-hmm. get the, uh, get the networks. I actually had uh, an interesting conversation with a gentleman out of, um, Knoxville, he runs a private equity group that basically invests in veteran-owned businesses. And one of the big things mm-hmm. that he talked about was veterans tend to be really, really good business owners because they have a lot of discipline, but mm-hmm. they have they tend to have terrible networks because while you know Joe Schmo was getting his MBA, you know Joe military was in Iraq, right? Um, so you know what's kind of been some of the biggest you know aha moments for you as you've you've worked through this journey and being involved with Bunker. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it just from like a sheer number standpoint. So World War II. So, so my granddad uh, was a motor machinist mate first class, you know, uh, in the U.S. Navy during World War II. So when he and his, his 16 million buddies came home, almost 8 million of them started businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I, if I wanted to go into private equity, I would have gone and sat down with Darren and said, hey, how'd you do it? We, we would And guess where we would have met? We met at the Legion and we were like, had a beer at the right. American Legion. And um, and that was sort of the center of gravity. The whole country was a part of the war effort. Um, it was also easier to access capital um, and, uh, uh, and, and and lots of things. But if you look at the number one determinant of, of entrepreneurial success by, by sort of like any measure of research, uh, the Kauffman Foundation, Syracuse University, um, et cetera, comes down to one one. Uh, you know, underlying factor is networks and the strength of your network. Right. Um, and so we just had a really tactical challenge. We're like, okay, got it. There's less than 1%. Uh, I think it's less than one half of 1% of uh, the U.S. population serves in, in the active military. Uh, so like even a Marine, like I can figure that out. Like if you spread that out all across the country, it's hard to get any kind of network density and it's hard to build right. those those relationships. It's also a very solvable problem. Um, and so we said, if we could help people get better professional networks, better financial networks, and what that really means is like, can you get a human on the other end of the line who's been through it? Yes or no? Um, and uh, and so that's what we're doing. And, and, and you know, it is, it's that simple and it's that challenging. Um, but, you know, when, when that person, you know, meets their, you know, manufacturer at a, you know, through the bunker cohort and they get their first investor or that first mentor or their first customer or, you know, a strategic that ends up acquiring them. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it changes, it changes the direction of their lives and of their families and of their communities. Yeah. Because it's almost, you know, we, we've, we have these discussions in society especially for folks when, once they leave the military, you know, I've got a big beef with American society in the sense that we're all about, you know, supporting our troops until they're, you know, home. Um, because we, we have all kinds of issues where I feel like our veterans could get a lot more support. And that's why I'm grateful that there's organizations such as this and other ones, you know, throughout the country. Um, but one of the things that I've heard from tons of folks once they leave the military is like that loss of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you have a very rigid identity when you're in the military 
and then you're out of that system all of a sudden. And that's where a lot of the issues can come in, come into play. Um, but even outside of the extreme issues, you know, I mean, think about how, for folks listening, how confused were you coming out of college? Right. You right. know, <laughs> that's yeah, nowhere I mean, near I mean, a structure. Yeah. I mean, and think about it like this. Like if you, if you just, uh, if you have trained uh, to become a plumber and you get out and everybody knows a veterinarian, you're like, those are two totally different languages, but they're, they're languages you, you can learn. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, the Marines are a special breed. Like we're, we, like we've got history for our history. Uh, and so, you know, I think, I think uh, anybody that's ever been a part of a tight knit organization that has, um, you know, a, a, a lofty mission and shared misery along the way, like you're going to create this, in, this, this, you know, indelible bond. Right. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we do at Bunker Labs is, you know, our, our models is what, what, you know, formally we call like a leveraged leadership model. What that really means is let's invest in small units and small groups of leaders that can go out and have an outsized impact. Um, you know, and, and I think of, so one, one story that always sticks out to me is, uh, Marcus Carey. So Marcus Carey, um, he was, you know, a young, uh, black Navy sailor was born in, in Conroe, Texas, uh, you know, li literally on the floor of his grandmother's house, joined the Navy to get out of Texas, uh, or out of his town, I should say, um, and became a cryptologist and got out and realized like, He's got this incredible skill set uh, that the world needs and uh, went to our very first bunker event we had in Austin, Texas, and stood up with zero pretense and said, hey, my name is Marcus Carey. I want to get into Techstars. I want to raise a million dollars. I want to grow my company. I want to sell my company. And then I want to write a book about it. Um, and okay. we're like, great. Um, how can we help? And you know, I'm excited to say now, uh, Marcus raised, he's raised you know, tens of millions of dollars. He grew the company, sold the company. He's growing another company. Now he's written six books to include two children's books on coding and cybersecurity. Um, Marcus uh, broke into the network in Austin, Texas, and two military veterans, Kelly Purdue and Craig Cummings, that lead the, the largest um um, venture capital fund, uh, you know, that's connected to the military space, um, Moonshots Capital invested in him. Uh, and they were, they were, I believe their first investors. Um, so like Marcus was able to leverage that and, you know, and it, and has done what is not unique in this community. Uh, he has lifted as he's climbed. He was, if anybody was like, Hey, I need a, I need a tech person on my team. I don't know anything about tech. Marcus, can you help me uh, see if, if this person's chops uh, are a good fit, right? And, and um, you know, he, he you know, uh, he's done very well, right? And, and he's still very involved um, and he's mentoring companies. We, we just did a, a big pitch competition with USAA in Austin a couple of weeks ago. And Marcus was there kind of just sharing his story. And he's like, you know, I was literally flipping burgers at, at Whataburger. Uh, and he's like, now Whataburger is one of my largest uh, corporate customers, uh, on mm. the cyber side, <laughs> and, uh, wow. you know, it's like, I love Whataburger. So, yeah. um, but it's like stories like that, that are, you know, Marcus met a handful of people and, and then, uh, and then he took full advantage of it and leveraged it and has created this incredible life. He's got 
I think, you know, five or six kids I've lost track. I'm like, I got three and I'm losing my mind. I don't know how you have that many, but, um, and he's changed the trajectory of their family tree. And there's no telling how many entrepreneurs along the way that he's impacted uh, because he just had a heart to, to, to serve. Mm, I love that. I love the entire concept of what you just described of constantly just providing value to people. I, I've, I've noticed personally um, that's when I'm the happiest, right? When I'm constantly just providing value to people. Um, I, I don't know if it's just a positive feedback loop that I get and it like, you know, some dopamine get, gets kicked right. out and just get really, really excited about it. But I remember the first time I'm not, this is going to sound like a shameless plug, but I'm not trying to make it sound like that. I promise folks. It, no, it's, it. it's so I remember the first time it really clicked for me. Um, there's a, some family friends in Bosnia who who have a daughter who had a very rare or has a very rare disease and they needed to raise like it was like a hundred thousand euros for this procedure to be done in Istanbul. <clears throat> and my dad was telling me about it and I was like, well, I could probably raise five grand pretty quickly. Um, just as a let me let me you know the whole community kind of rallied around it over there and they were raising I mean they they ended up raising like one hundred seventy thousand euros or something like that. But I said like That's I was great. like I can commit to five grand and. I think I raised that five grand, maybe 48 hours, maybe. And I remember one of my, one of my coworkers, you know, he immediately started sharing it with people and he donated and he said, yeah, dude, you never asked for anything. Like I'll easy. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, huh, that's interesting. That's an interest. It was just an interesting eye opener in that sense. Like, I guess I really don't ask for that much. And again, here I'm asking for something for someone else, but you have to trust, like you have to give me your money for me to give them the money. Like it's sure. not like, it's, you know, there's the whole thing, but it was really cool. Cause that was probably, I don't know, two years ago in 2020. And it was the first time where it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, I love giving and I love helping people and people value that. And it also comes back in the form of money, like an income and things like that, because you're, you're constantly creating and you're constantly, again, all money is really just a flow of value. So um, what, what you just said there with the story you shared, I wish I could like make a snippet out of that and be like, just constantly give and you will get, you will get more than you can, you can understand. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to quote that. I'm going to take that quote. Uh, money is the flow of value. Um, and it's true. And it's also re- that's what I love about this is I, I get to be, I get to be such a great cheerleader because most people don't want to ask on, on their behalf. Um, and particularly if you come from the military where, you know, that was not part of our culture. Like you, you just like, it's right. just not something that you did. So I was in, I was in Washington DC yesterday. Um, and we were at an event with Johnson and Johnson. We had done this quick fire challenge and recruited companies that were solving, um, uh, you know, medical challenges. They were either, uh, medical challenges that veterans face. So things, things like prosthetics and, you know, hip replacements, knee replacements. Um, and then there were um, veterans that were developing other, you know, uh, medical technologies themselves. And so, you know, in the front row, there's, um, you know, a, uh, a an army medic, uh, this guy, Yusuf, uh, his company is called Indigenous. And his two girls uh, had a, uh, you know, congenital eye disease. Um, and he just went full, like, you know, Rain Man on this and it's literally become like a geneticist and is like 
helping to decode the human genome to find biomarkers that are, um, you know, sort of preemptive opportunities to say like, hey, you're predisposed to have, you know, such and such disease or a traumatic brain injury or a, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and, you know, he was, you know, awarded this incredible opportunity with, uh, it's called J-Lab. So now he's in this lab in Johnson and Johnson. And, um, you know, he could have just been like, oh, well, like I was dealt the shorthand. I, you know, I didn't get to go to med school. I thought I was going to, you know, my daughters have this. And he's like, no, I, I'm going to uh, help uh, decode the human genome and provide one of the most robust data sets, uh, you know, and, and most diverse data sets uh, in the world around, you know, like just how the, the human body works. And um, there was another woman, um, Ellington West, she's, um, and, and I hope I'm getting it right, but I believe she's a military spouse. Uh, if, if, uh, if I get that wrong, Ellington, you can call me, call us out and we'll, we'll correct it here. Um, so Baltimore created this small device that, um, it, it, you know, uh, like a stethoscope, um, but that could actually be used in house. So if you're having a telemedicine, you know, uh, appointment, you could actually get real information to be able to help identify things like, you know, I mean, it was you know, hugely important during COVID to understand respiratory health. Um, but, um, you know, it's like, here are these folks that are taking these really tough challenges, coming up with these really interesting technologies. And I got a chance to get up and speak before um, the companies. And I was like, look, we're here for one reason. It's like to help connect the people in these two front rows. Uh, and, and, mm. like, and that's it. And sure, they got up and pitched and they're like, these are the things. But it's like, I, I was like, I know I did like a call and response to the audience. I was like, okay, do you understand your mission of the day? Like your mission of the day is to shake the hands of all of these companies before you leave and ask them one question. How can I help? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like totally unabashed about it. Cause I'm like, look, they're going to figure it out regardless. Uh, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if, if, if you, you stuck your mid out along the way and helped. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I've just become kind of like, you know, like a, a kind of a madman when it comes to being like, no, oh, this is where, we're not here to talk about the weather. Like we're here to help people move their lives forward. Um, and you know, somebody in your network that can help Yusuf uh, or Ellington get to the next step. And, um, and, and uh, we just need to unlock that potential. Why do you think you get such joy out of being that cheerleader? You know, I like, I mean, I, I just believe, I fundamentally believe in like the good of people. Um, and I, I believe that we have an obligation to, you know, create a better place. And, and, um, I think that entrepreneurs are in this incredible opportunity to address the challenges that exist in our world. Um, and, um, you know, I think like deep down, it's like, I thought I was going to lead Marines in battle and I didn't, and now I'm trying to make up for it. Um, and, um, you know, that's a big part of this, um, you know, and, and then like, you know, the, the self-interested side of it is I get to have these incredible relationships with all of these people around the world, uh, because I'm asking about other people to your right. point. Right. So it's like, whenever I figure out whatever my ask is going to be, um, I, I'm, I'm betting there'll be people there to, to support it. It's interesting. You're, you're, uh, <clears throat> you, um, you basically, the biggest value add you bring to the table from my point of view, as I'm looking at it, because I, I value this so much is you're not afraid to ask for things. 
and a lot of people are. Yeah. No, I, mean, I have you- like zero. Yeah, I have zero. I we were, um, yeah, we were we were having a conversation with some folks that are helping us out with an event we're doing in Austin, Texas, um, which is our, our big summit, uh, where we'll bring together all of our ambassadors, our and and CEO circle companies, and uh, that are our top veterans and residence companies. And um, I know that Richard Branson is going to be in town um, when we're there. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I was on on the phone with these folks, and I was like. I was like, I, I, I have uh, two asks. I was like, um, you know, number one, like he shows up here. Number two, he shows up here. Um, and that, you know, and then he, he spent some time with, with bunker companies. Um, and I got, and, and the person I was on the phone with was like, oh, well, I'll just call him. Um, <laughs> and I was like, and then, uh, and he just laughed. He's like, Hogan, you, you, you're not afraid to ask for anything, are you? And I was like, no, I'm, you're damn right. I'm not because like, I will go do it one way or the other. I'll go figure it out. I don't know how, uh, and it'll take me more time and, you know, whatever, but I'd rather have, if like somebody else can do it and, and make it, I'm like, great. Like I have zero ego in that. Um, and like, I'm on a mission, like I'm on a mission here. I believe that like our country needs entrepreneurs and I believe they lack two fundamental things. They lack strong capital networks and they lack strong professional networks. These are solvable problems. Uh, so if there's somebody that's like, I'm like, hey, you can help. Like, okay, I'm gonna ask for the moon. Uh, you know, and 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 it's also um you also quickly like when you ask for something crazy, like you get a response. Right. Um and then you know like whether or not this person is going to help or whether they're gonna believe in you or not. And if you know, I I, I love a quick no more than uh you know, a long yes. Cause you're like, yeah, okay, great. Hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Right. Moving you, on. I'm going to go, go find somebody that will help. See ya. But, and I mean, do you feel like that was something, the ability to just ask is something you've developed or do you think you were born with it? Or, I mean, was four, was four year old Blake the same exact way? I mean, I did tell my mom when I was nine years old that I was going to be an officer in the Marine Corps. Um, so uh, I, I think that there's definitely, I mean, I, I believe, that, um, you know, there's a big conversation around, uh, or question around leadership and, uh, you know, is it nature versus nurture? Uh, I, I 100% believe that it, it, it is nurture and that great, uh, you know, leadership lessons can be, can be learned, uh, and, and taught. And I, I joke with my team all the time. I'm like, I may not be the smartest guy. Well, I know I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm coachable. Um, and I want to learn and I want to get better. Um, I mean, I definitely think there's, you know, you got to be like a little bit um, wired differently to, to go be a Marine and, and um, you know, to do those things. But, uh, but I also believe, like, I think if there are folks who are like, well, I don't have that. Or like, I don't feel that I have, you know, um, I'm not comfortable with making those asks um, or, you know, I'm not comfortable putting myself out there as an entrepreneur um, I think I would, I would challenge them first. I'd say like, that's normal and that's okay. Right. Um, and, uh, and second, I would say that like, um, you know, if you believe in what you're doing and you believe that what you're doing is going to, you know, put good out in the world and, 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 and is going to help you make money and, you know, change your, your you know trajectory in life, then like, um, other people will want to help you do that. 
Um, yeah. And so, so putting that out there is important. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say it's, it's, it's definitely a mix for me of like, was I born with it um, versus like, have I honed it? Because, and I've seen, I've seen the result, right. When in particularly with higher level folks that just number, they just don't have the time. So they're like, yeah, got it. I don't like, I don't want to hear the whole preamble. Like what's the ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're like, it's whatever. And then they're like, they're going to give you the back. Oh, okay, great. Like, let's keep talking. Or like, good luck kid. <laughs> you know? Um, so. Well, I learned that just being in sales over the years, like, you know, every company when they're training you on their value add, it's like you, you give the commercial for, for the company and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, literally my opening line with pretty much any meeting is like, Hey, Hey man, is it okay if I go ahead and skip the commercial and just get to the point? And yeah. every time they're like, Oh, thank God, please. <laughs> it's yeah, like, right? but it, it just builds so much, uh, so much trust instantly. Cause they're like, okay, cool. I, I don't have to, I don't have to be forced to this process. Like let's right. actually have a conversation. Yeah, let's just be, let's be, let's be real. And it's like, you know, good sales is like, art. can you solve somebody's problem? Like, right. you know, and I think, I think that's where people have gotten, you know, this sort of used car salesman thing. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to steal your, your quote. What, what was, is, is, what was it? Money, money. Oh, uh, value? money is just the flow of value. Flow of value. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is. It, it really know, is. Yeah. I mean, you if you're solving a problem, that's when you get paid. You know, and I mean, there's, there's other way, correction, there's other ways to get paid that aren't solving a problem. It's not consistent. Like it's a constant, it's a constant grind and it's a constant reinventing of the wheel and things. And it's funny, the things that I've learned, I was actually thinking back at, you know, after four years of doing the podcast, it's four years this month. Wow. Congratulations. Um, Thanks. It's, it's been a journey. There's over 200 hours or pushing 200 hours of me, you know, in the, in the ether just scary and exciting at the same time. But I was thinking about, you know, what have I learned? And I think one of the biggest skills that I've picked up from this is like this scenario right here, right now, you know, how many people get to talk to a a C-suite executive of any company ever, much less, you know, Hey, we're going to set aside time. I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to share your story. Mm -hmm. Like that is, and that's something I do pretty regularly. Um, sometimes I forget how unique that is and how much you can just learn from people yeah. and especially from leaders. And I, f- I almost feel like I figured out a cheat code for life. Oh, it is. It is. Cause I mean, everybody wants to share their story. Um, right. and when you can just sit back and ask the questions, um, you know, and it's, I think that's been, you know, I was at, um, uh, you know, at, at an event and this, you know, one of the former secretaries of defense was there and, um, you know, I'd, I'd seen his career and, 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 you know, and you see this person and then you get a chance to sit down and talk. And it's like, you know, that they are particularly, you know, folks that are, that are, um, you know, have had these interesting careers. They want to see other people go and be successful. Um, right. and, um, and to be able to have the opportunity to, to see these, these leaders and to ask them those questions, um, and to learn is, you know, I mean, the stack of books that I, that I ordered after those conversations, like made me want to go, you know, to, to Yale and be an undergrad and study the classics and, right. um, you know, you're over here studying stoicism and, and, you know, <laughs> right. it, yeah. What, what would you say though? 
Because one of the things that I personally realized, and this is probably in my late 20s, talking to really successful people or what I considered really successful people, just generally, is that they're just humans who put their pants on like anybody else. Like once the mysticism disappears of Mm -hmm. the aura, everything starts becoming more plausible in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What were some of those early experiences for you where you were like, oh, yeah, I can do that? So um, I... um... So JP Morgan has been one of our, our biggest partners since the beginning of, of Bunker. And um, we were um, one of our, our board members. He's, he's here locally. I've had him and John Morris here in Nashville. Uh, and he's like, hey, you know, JP Morgan's a big company. We've got a lot of relationships. Like, how can how can we help here in Nashville? And I was like, I was like Peyton Manning, Dolly partner, Fred Smith. Uh, and he's like. What, uh, okay. He's like, can't help you with Peyton or Dolly. Uh, he's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do a fireside chat with them at like one of our big you know, events. And he's like, all right, well, let me see if I could help with, with Fred Smith. And, you know, for those that are listening, Fred Casual. Smith is, you know, is the Marine, uh, who, who founded FedEx and it's a, you know, I don't know, 70, $80 billion company now. They, I mean, they like quite literally saved the world with, with, you know, flying COVID vaccinations all and, and PPE. And, you know, they, along with UPS, were, were the biggest, uh, you know, uh, distributors, distributors and- of that. So, um, so they, they asked, they're like, the, the, the Sky John was like, well, what do I say to, to Fred Smith to see, like, is he interested? And I was like, it's easy. Just tell him we want to create more Fred Smiths. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so he came out and spoke at our, um, uh, we have, it was called the muster back then. It's called the showcase now. Um, and it's an entrepreneurship, you know, showcase. Um, and I was like, Hey, he's like, well, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I want to break down the, uh, phases of building your company as if you were a private in the Marine Corps. So what mm-hmm. did you do on, on day one? Like, so like going through the ranks, cause people would look at you now and be like, Oh, you're the joint chairman and you know, the, 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 the chief of staff, um, and you know, or you're a four-star general. Um, and I was like, but if you go to, um, you know, what'd you do as a, as a, as a private be like the same sort of like civilian equivalent, like, well, what'd you do on day one? And he's like, well, I wrote a really bad paper that my, you know, Yale teacher yeah, yeah. Me see on. And there's like, well, and it turned out the, the professor, uh, in that class, his nephew was, was in the audience. <laughs> and, and so, uh, so everybody was giving him a hard time, but you know, I was like, yeah, like I put together, I put a plan on paper, uh, you know, and, and then like, um, you know, I, we delivered one package, right. And then we delivered two packages and now we deliver, you know, however many millions of packages, but he just broke it down in a way that kind of demystified this, like, you know, behemoth of an organization now to, you know, this is what I did on step one. Um, I got out, I took my plan and I talked to people to see like, Hey, would you, would you ship something through? Cause it was a novel idea at the time to be like, I'm not going to use the U S postal service. Um, you know? And so, uh, that's, that's a lot of what we try to do is to say like, Hey, how did you get started? So, you know, since we're in Nashville, I think about, you know, the former CEO of HCA, uh, Milton Johnson. Um, and, you know, he came and shared, he's like, look, I was, a my mom was a, a, a single mom and I, you know, um, was lucky enough to get a scholarship to Belmont. Um, and 
you know, I like somehow found the accounting track and that led me to doing this. And like here I, you know, 30 years later, I'm, you know, in a position to, you know, help lots of people come and, and do the things that, that I did. And I think people don't, you know, they, they see whatever, you know, they, they read about, um, in, in the paper or whatever and, and online and, uh, forget like, you know, my mom was a kindergarten teacher and she said like, whether you're the principal or the janitor, you put your pants on one, one leg at a time. Um, or if you're I'm the just, kindergartner, you don't even have pants. Right. Yeah. You're like, I don't, what do I even want pants? Right. Like, um, and I just, I think I always took, I just took that to heart. I was like, Hey, great. Like, we're all on this earth trying to, you know, move forward. Let's try to try to do it together. Yeah. And I think the together part is what's uh, really cool about how you guys do it. Because, you know, one of the things that's really um, hit America in particular hard during the pandemic is just this loneliness. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just listening to a podcast earlier today about how like alcohol abuse is just through the roof in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Like actual numbers are starting to come out like suicide through the roof. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we've basically killed any form of community. Yep. Um, which is ironic because we have all this technology to be able to make community easier than ever. Right. But with the technology, you've almost turned it into like, now I have to, instead of going to the office and having community by default, now I have to make an active effort to go find other people and and do things. Um, And you guys are kind of bridging that gap for a specific subset of the population where you have to make an effort to be involved, but you guys are also facilitating that community and communication. Yeah, I mean, look, the competitive advantage to Bunker Labs will always be our ability uh, to bring people together and grow communities. Um, and taking that, you know, uh, ethos we had in the military and uh, getting people in a room on a regular basis and saying, like, you are a unit <laughs> and you are here to work together. I mean, we, we literally call, so our veterans and residents, so on, on June 1st, um, we will... Uh, you know, congratulate and honor the, you know, roughly 200 entrepreneurs from 22 Alpha. And then we onboard 22 Bravo. And we literally take what's called the guide on and pass it from one unit to the next. So on June 2nd, you'll see picture of of 400 entrepreneurs in 23 cities passing that unit guide on to the next unit. And the, and the, the Alpha group, they'll put their battle streamer on. That'll say like, you know, this, they, they, they accomplished this, this mission, this battle. And then 22 Bravo, they don't get their, they don't get their, their battle streamer because they haven't accomplished it yet. Um, but it's, it's like, so if you're a civilian and it's a really great way to just like visually see some of these cultural assets, um, of the military, but like what it comes down to is, you know, we are, we're, we're, we're social animals, whether you're introverted or extroverted, um, there is a need for human relationship, um, and that's really what we're trying to do. Um, we're using entrepreneurship and business as the medium. You know, my great Trojan horse in all of this is like, I, I believe that if you have one entrepreneur and she has a network and capital, she will build a strong business. That strong business will help create a stronger community and a stronger community will create a more united country and ultimately a more you know global economy and, and more resilient and more connected and more inclusive uh, you know, economies and communities. And, and it's like, these are big challenges that can be solved with very tangible things of becoming a customer, becoming an investor, becoming a mentor. Um, 
And if you just focus that effort onto small groups of people for an intense period of time, I think you can, you can create that impact. Yeah, that's, it's so interesting because that word impact, especially in corporate America is just this buzzword mm -hmm. in, in so many different ways. But what I like about what you described there is you didn't, you didn't lead. What I typically hear folks say is they lead with the term impact and then they justify it somehow on the back end. What you did there is you basically started with the grassroots and talked about the impact on the back end from that grassroots movement, which, which is so much more organic. It's not just like checking a box. Yeah. And it's like, it's messy and it's hard and we've got, you know, volunteers around the country and, you know, we're going to do things and that let them down and, and, you know, they're going to, you know, but it's like, if you lead with, you know, a set of core values, you know, if you, if you lead with, with trust, um, you know, then, um, and you believe that, that people are inherently good and want to do the right thing, uh, then you'll get there. You won't, it won't get there overnight and it'll take time and it'll be, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to admit I got a lot to learn and I've screwed up a bunch um, here uh, with my time uh, at the helm. Um, but I would hope that we're creating the environment where people feel like uh, they're included and they got a chance to go pursue the things that matter to them. So let me ask you this. Let's go back to, you know, you, you join the Marines. You think you're going to be going into battle and leading, you know, in, in active combat and you end up spending time, you know, you basically end up being shipped off to D.C. Um mm -hmm. One, was it, and if yes, how big of an impact to your ego um, or maybe to your expectations of life? And then two, was it a blessing in disguise? And did you learn, you know, um, a different set of skills that maybe you wouldn't have had you gone down the route that you originally envisioned? Yeah, uh, it's both. It is absolutely a blessing. Uh, I am, you know, I met my wife because one of the, fellow Marines that I was in training with, uh, he, uh, his girlfriend came up to visit and she, you know, I'd heard about these Southern, uh, girls living in Minnesota, but never actually put, set my eyes on it. And I was like, Hey John, if you don't marry her, I will. And he said, he says, well, why don't you, uh, be in my wedding and you can meet your wife there. Um, and because I was in this weird medical hold pattern, not only was I able to go to the wedding, but right after all those boys deployed, uh, I was still in, in Quantico in DC. And so I had the opportunity to, to develop a relationship. And, you know, this year we'll be married nine years. We've got three kids and, you know, we've created a, a life for ourselves. So, um, you know, I mean, who knows if I, you know, would, would I be here? Would I, you know, would I be, uh, you know, would I have all my arms and legs? You know, I don't know. I think, you know, I still, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, my heart of hearts, I feel like, you know, I was, I was built for, um, you know, I, uh, to, uh, experience, you know, tough, um, you know, challenges and feel like that was, I mean, combat is sort of the ultimate test of, of sort of human will. Um, and, you know, I don't want to glorify that by any means. Um, but it was something that I felt like I could have done and maybe I could have helped, um, some people along the way, um, I know now that, um, you know, I would, uh, you know, whether I was supposed to do that or not, I, you know, I guess not, but I do know that I, I was able to use that experience and channel that energy into something positive, um, and was, was lucky to meet Todd Connor who founded Bunker and, 
and found a new way to channel that energy. And, and I think there are a lot of people that have setbacks in, in life where they think life is going to go a certain way. And we get to choose how we respond. Um, I, you know, uh, those first four years out, I had, like, I worked for a, uh, you know, a small private company got acquired by a massive company and it was, you know, but, but it wasn't, um, fulfilling. Um, and, um, you know, and I kept trying to figure out how do I get back? How do I get back, get back? And, uh, and then when I found you know, this, this world of, you know, entrepreneurs that want to do big things for the right reason, and they happen to come from the military, I was like, hell yeah. Like that's, that's it. These are, this, this is where I'm supposed to be. Side fun question. I'm curious since you got three kids as someone who has one kid that is three months old. Um, how do you do it once you're outnumbered? Um, you know, you don't, uh, <laughs> you just hit a wall. Yeah. You're like, uh, I don't know. Like, Hey, one of you is going to need to chill for a minute. Right. Um, yeah. I mean like the baby, so the baby uh, is Mary Jack. She's 10 months old. And we're just like, we're constantly being like, Hey, thank you. Thank you for just like chilling. I'm going to yeah. get to you in a minute. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, um, you know, my wife's incredible. Um, she's, you know, in the span of having three kids plus dealing with me, um, she, uh, has you know, completed her, her PhD. So, it, you know, the last four or five years has been like an absolute grind for, uh, team Hogan. Um, but you also just like normalize kind of crazy and you're like, Oh, got yeah. it. like, this is just like, when we had, you know, our, our third baby and we, we were, you know, gone for a couple of days and had somebody taking care of, uh, you know, the other two, we were like, oh man, this is so easy. Um, <laughs> you're like we just have one, it's a baby and it doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. that's where you just normalize it. You just adjust. And I think that's like, you know, what's interesting about sort of like the human, you know, uh, yeah. capability to be like, all right, got it. Like, let's roll. Um, I will say like, I don't drink coffee and I really wish I did. I just don't like coffee, but I hadn't had Red Bull for like 10 years and I'm, I'm like, got it like intravenously right now. Too. <laughs> just <laughs> guzzling it. Yeah. So if Red Bull's listening, uh, you know, send me some Red Bull. Uh, yeah, I was about but, to say, throw, throw a sponsorship. Uh, right. that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, I need to stop. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's just the nature of, of this phase of life. Um, but yeah, it's you, been pretty uh, incredible. You don't know how much you just kind of embrace the suck. You don't know how much you love someone until you're, you know, trying to change a diaper and said, baby decides to crap all over you. And you're like, yeah, that was, right. You're like, that was the I'm cutest thing ever. I mean, it was disgusting. Help, but it was so cute. Trying to help you. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> poop on me. <laughs> all right. So, so we're coming up on time, so we, yep. we got to wrap it up, but uh, I want to make sure to ask the question I always ask. So, you know, we go back to 18 year old Blake, all wide eyed, bushy tail, ready to conquer the world, all that good stuff. Um, knowing all that you know about yourself at this point and knowing all that you know about life in general, if there's one thing you could tell yourself at 18. What would that be? I'd probably say slow down. Uh, and I wouldn't like that, uh, cause that's not in my DNA. Um, uh, but I think what I'm, what I'm learning is, uh, if I try to force something, there's a reason. Mm. Um, and when, you know, to, you know, uh, um, it is, um, I am hardwired to get things done yesterday. Like that is, 
it is one of my greatest gifts. It's also one of like my greatest curses. I'm like, if you want something done and, and you want to like take an idea and quickly move it into something, um, that's where I thrive. And I, and I love that. That also, like, if you ask my team could be, is like the biggest pain in the ass. Cause they're like, Hey, guess what? Like there's a process. And when you step in here, you actually make all of our lives really difficult. Um, and so trying to learn that as a leader, uh, to understand, you know, when to push, when to not push, um, and, uh, you know, and to get that input from your team is tough. Cause I'm not hardwired that way. Like, I just mm. want to be like, yeah, got it. Let's roll. Um, mm. but I do know now that like, I still don't like it at all. Uh, cause I still just want to like go super fast. Um, right. but there's like a little, uh, there's like the slightest bit of, of like wisdom in there. That's like, all right is should i should i say no here and is um uh am i am i forcing this right now um and um you know and uh, and it's a balance right i think you have to i think you you, you just gotta like be self-aware enough to know and it's like all right well i am but it's worth it because of xyz um right. and then you know and then your team was like turns out it wasn't worth it like great move hogan um but uh, but yeah, I think that's what I, I would say is like, I would, I don't know that I would slow down much, but I'd be like, let me stop to think about this for a second before I move out. Um, and, and I'd also just say, it's, it's like, you know, I, I remember very vividly, I was, I was at an event at Syracuse university. Um, they had this entrepreneurial boot camp for veterans. Um, now it's called the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. And, and it, it, it set me on this path and gave me this, this, this gift. And I saw this Green Beret who like has built this incredible company, and uh, and I was, you know, I, I I was talking to him, and I was like, I want to be where you're at, and uh, he's like, Well, you know, like give it time, like you're you get that. And I was at, we were at a bunker event in Seattle a couple of years ago before the pandemic, and um, uh, Bob McDonald, who was a former CEO of Procter and Gamble, he was the C, uh, the uh, the secretary of the, of the VA, and somebody asked that question, like. Um, you know, how do I get to where you're at? And he said, look, the only difference between you and I is 30 years. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, it, you know, he was like, you're doing the right things. You're putting yourself around the right people. You're, you're, you're working to continue to grow and to learn and to, and to be better and to add more value. Uh, he's like, I've just had a, you know, I got a 30 year head start. Um, right. And, and I think when you hear, things like that. You're like, Oh, okay. Got it. I'm like, I still don't want to wait 30 years to do it. I'm like, can I do it in 10, uh, or five? Um, but, um, I think that's, that's, that's a constant challenge for me to, to balance the need to like, just go out and, and like try to kick that door down with really thinking about, is this the right move and should, am I the right person? And is this the right time? And, um, you know, and I think that just like, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm, I'm not there yet, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm trying to get better at. That's interesting. I like that. Um, how can folks get a hold of you? How can folks learn more about bunker? Yeah. So, um, I'm easy to get a hold of. Uh, I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn. My email is just blake.hogan at bunkerlabs.org. Um, and, um, you know, my ask, my call to action right now is, um, you know, if you're listening to this, go to bunkerlabs.org uh, and and sign up 
to join uh, one of the, the veterans and residents showcases across the country. Um, I want to be very clear that the, the the objective of that event, where we're going to get 400 entrepreneurs on in 23 cities on one night, is about rallying business leaders. I would love it nothing more than if the only veterans in the room were uh, the 20 up on stage, and and the rest were business and civic leaders in you know Nashville and Dallas and Columbus and San Antonio and you know and and, and fill in the blank cities uh, across the country. And I think you know the problem that we are trying to solve at Bunker Labs is building incredible professional and financial networks. If you are a business leader and you are listening to this, not only are you invited, but there's you know a spot for you in the front row. That's why we started this organization, and your network is what somebody in one of those cities needs to take it to the next level. Mm, I love it. All right, go check it out, folks. Um, for everybody listening, info at manhoodpod.com. Check out manhoodpod.com if you've got. Feedback, constructive criticism, keyword constructive, don't just complain, offer a solution. That's the requirement. Um, this is awesome. Blake, appreciate you coming on. Hey, man, I am super honored you're doing some really incredible stuff here. And thank you for having me. Yeah, I love the story and uh, I encourage everybody to check it out. And, you know, I look forward to uh, maybe maybe we'll do a follow up in the future.